the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Podcast, and I'm your host Nick DeGilio, and you are part of now officially the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, the greatest podcast network in the world. Check out all the great and varied and entertaining and funny and awesome podcasts that are available. You can also check out our 24-hour live streaming at RadioMisfits.live, where you can hear this podcast and my Saturday Night Live podcast daily, uh, and all kinds of amazing music and really cool podcasts. A 24-hour streaming service, just like the radio, only cooler. Only better, radiomisfits.live. And uh, yes, it is episode 169 of the Nick D Podcast. It is a Friday. Uh, coming up a little bit later on, my partner Esmeralda Leon is going to join me. we got a magic megaphone message that we got to get to. We've got some other uh, really cool things, some emails we're going to answer. We're going to talk about witty retorts and regional terms and all kinds of fun stuff. Always great to talk to Esmeralda Leon, and she will be joining me. And also, uh, it is that time. Uh, we've missed a, a couple of segments because of Flashback Weekend and other things that were happening that conflicted with our schedule. But they're back. My movie review buddies, my main men, Eric Childress and Steve Procopi, will be here to review all the new movies, including the extraordinary, amazing horror film by uh, Laura Moss, who joined me on the last episode of the podcast. And if you did not listen to the interview that I did with them, you need to listen to it right now. Birth Rebirth is the name of the movie, one of the best horror movies of the year. Uh, maybe the actually the best horror movie of the year and one of the best v- movies in general of the year. It opens in theaters today. So get your butt out and see it. Check out the theaters. Check it out. Birth slash Rebirth is the name of the movie. You will love it. If you're a horror fan, you are required to see it. Required. It's not a request. It's a demand. You will see it. It is truly one of the best movies of the year. And if you didn't listen to the interview that I did with Laura, you should definitely check it out. But anyway, that opens. We'll review some other big movies as well and talk about some of the other stuff that's happening at the Music Box. So that's Eric and that's Steve. Those are the movie reviews. My buddy, Esmeralda Leon, and you. We've got Magic Megaphone coming up. If you have a Magic Megaphone request, you want me to speak into the megaphone or play something into the Magic Megaphone, leave a voicemail at 773-417-6948 with your request or email it to me, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. We love to get voicemails. It's open 24-7. We love to get emails. We read all of them, and I read a lot of them on the podcast as well. So voicemails, 24-7-773-417-6948. Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Or you want to advertise with us? We would love for you to advertise with us. Sponsor this show. You'll love it. Sales at Radio Misfits and say, I want to sponsor Nick D's podcast. Do that. Jason Skaggs does all the music and all the sounds and all the weirdness, and Ed, my main man, does all the rest. That's what's happening right here. Uh, And, you know, I mentioned that we do have uh, emails that we get. I would like to read one on the air. It's a really nice one. Uh, We get really, we get a ton of email. I read them all, by the way, and I listen to every voicemail, and I want to hear from you. It's open. Uh, We want to hear from you. Um, 
But uh, Waukegan J sent me a really nice um, email, and I'm going to share it with you. He says, I'm a longtime listener. I'm sending you this email because I want to share that your show helps me from falling into dark periods of sadness. Um, some personal stuff has happened to him, um, and he says that your show helps me tremendously. It's no joke. I look forward to both cod- podcasts. I know that at some point um, I might need professionally counseling, but you keep me in good spirits. Thank you. Uh, for all of those who make for all of those who make this possible, and that's Waukegan Jay. Uh, Jay, that means a lot, man. I'm glad that my podcasts uh, help you out. I know what it's like to go through a rough time in life when things are depressing and when things are sad, and there are certain things that get you out of that funk. And I am unbelievably honored and thrilled and happy that this podcast and my SNL podcast can do that for you. I appreciate that. I wish you the best, man. I hope you get through it. You will. You'll get through it. And when you get to the other side. Um, you know, let us know that you're feeling great. But I am unbelievably honored that you listen to me and that this little thing that I do with my friends and with these great guests helps you out. Truly, it means a lot, and I'm honored. He also says, P.S., I'm glad that you're not working for those clowns at the car wash, but I do miss listening to your show five days a week. Yeah, I miss doing my show five days a week. Um, yeah, and they are clowns. So, yeah, don't bother to listen to that stupid-ass radio station because they are clowns. But, hey, You got me twice a week on this podcast and once a week on my Saturday Night Live podcast. So there's plenty of me to go around. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. There's plenty of me to go around for you, too, Carrie. I know. Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I appreciate all the feedback and the comments. We get great emails and great voicemails. And again, 773-417-6948 and nickdpodcast at gmail.com if you want to share your stories. And again, Waukegan J, thank you, man. That means a lot, and I am honored and thrilled that uh, that my that my little podcast can do something good for you. So anyway, I'm thrilled to be to, to be doing this, man. I can't tell you how much this podcast means to me and how much the Radio Misfits have done. Uh, I'm thrilled to do it, and I'm happy to share all the really cool stuff that we love to do. So anyway, all right, uh, Eric Childress, Steve Procopi, they like movies. I like movies. We'll tell you which ones we like, and which well we don't like all movies, and you'll find that out. I think <laughs> in the next couple of minutes, Eric and Steve, movie reviews. After I tell you, congratulations. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jackal. thing means it's time to talk about movies and we do that every other week or bi-weekly or whatever that means because sometimes bi-weekly means twice a week sometimes it means <laughs> two times a month i don't know what the hell it means anymore but anyway these guys are usually here every other week reviewing the new movies uh and talking about uh, what's happening in the movie world it's eric children's and steve Procopi, uh and uh, we uh, we this is the first time we've done it in a, in a little while because we had flashback which interrupted us and i think another thing screwed up the schedule but we're back we're back on track and we'll be here every other week even though you guys are both going out of town for separate uh, film festivals, uh, which uh, we can be covering, and that'll be happening in September. But first, let's say hello to Eric Childress. Hello, Eric. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. All right, good. And Steve Procopi. Hey. Hi, Steve. Hey, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Eric, tell everybody where they can uh, hear your stuff and read your stuff and see you 
and all that. Yes. Uh, over at the Now Play Network and Apple Podcast, uh, the Movie Madness Podcast, uh, where we do uh, talk about movies every week in Blu-ray and in theaters and streaming. Uh, Steve Bacopi is, uh does regular reviews with me there. And uh, The Friendship Dilemma that I co-host with Morgan Geyer. Uh, we talk about male and female friendships in the movies and why they can't just be platonic. Uh, that's also available at those, la- those locations. And I do a box office column every Monday for Rotten Tomatoes. All right, everywhere. All right, Steve, where can people read your stuff and see you and all that? Uh, They can read my reviews at thirdcoastreview.com, and um, they can also hear me on the Movie Madness podcast with Eric, and they uh, can find me stumbling around in the Music Box Theater where I am the PR manager. All right. And speaking of the Music Box, there's some stuff coming up, as there always is. Uh, You guys did announce uh, the titles for... The month-long music box of horror, uh, which of course you guys mm-hmm. do every year. We'll talk we, about yeah, that as we get closer. Them, yeah. yeah, as yeah. as we get as we get closer. Uh, all I know is that you're showing near dark, and that's all I care about. <laughs> um, and uh, and you've got a couple of really fun things that are happening. More, uh, uh, more, more which will be happening uh, sooner than uh, later. And uh, you got mm-hmm. the Noir City, uh, which is um, you know your celebration of uh, film noir, which is an annual thing. Uh, you guys always pick really interesting titles uh, for this, and this year is no exception. And um, and that actually begins uh, next week, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. the twenty the twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. Yeah. Yeah. And so this it, this particular year is kind of fascinating because I believe just about every film we're playing is from 1948. I think that's the, it's sort of a celebration of 1948. Interesting. Uh, so there's a couple that might, might have had slightly earlier releases, but like in 47, but, but I think they, like maybe at the end of the year. And so they, that, yes, they were all sort of considered 1948 releases. And we, um, and we kind of do this with our friends from TCM and uh, who, who are specialists in the noir realm and uh you know we help we the, like between them and us we kind of pull together a week's worth of really awesome titles and i know last year i was there almost every single day yeah i was there for a bunch um, of them last year um uh, really great stuff and and most of these are on 35 not all of them but most of them are on 35 yeah. and i do want to r- uh, make sure that people are aware not to be confused by certain titles because you are showing a film called roadhouse and you're also showing a film called raw deal and neither of them <laughs> are uh, from the 80s. Uh, Roadhouse no. is not the, one, not the one with Patrick Swayze, and Raw Deal is not the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, but they are terrific films nonetheless from 1948, and they are noir movies. But I thought mm-hmm. people would see like Roadhouse and go, oh, man, Dalton! And then uh, that it, it, it's not going to happen. And, and, uh, and, and you'd, also, have to look up, you'd have to look up the titles, but two of them were actually shot in Chicago. I think that's called Northside 777. That was shot here for sure. That was definitely shot. And then shot there was another one that uh, I think has Chicago in the title, maybe? I can't remember. I don't have the list in front Chicago of me, Deadline. Chicago Deadline. Yeah, that's one. So both yeah. shot in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and uh, by the way, Raw Deal does not feature the line, you should not drink and bake. That's, uh, <laughs> was that in Raw Deal? That's in Raw Deal, right? You should not drink and bake? I think that's, oh, uh, wait. I think that's that, a Raw Deal. I, you know, I, I listen to so many of those Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> soundboard things. That I hear that I'm, line I'm almost, come up a lot. I'm almost positive that's raw deal. I'm almost positive. He comes home, his wife is loaded, and he gets into an argument with her. 
and he says you should not drink and bake. That's I think that's the <laughs> It does sound like early Arnold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as opposed to, you know, the quintessential recent Arnold. Uh right. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Well, the other one that you guys are doing is um something that you are more uh, uh closely connected to, Steve, because you help program mm-hmm. it. Uh and you guys had an unbelievably successful uh what was it? A 3-month run. It was two um, months. It was two months. Two months. <laughs> it was two nine, months. nine weeks, yeah. Nine weeks, a little over two-month run of Wild, Billy Wilder uh, matinees. And I was mm-hmm. at, I think I went to every one of them. I think I went to every single wow. one of them. Um, and I'm not planning on missing uh, a lot of these either, or if uh, any of them. And you're, you're doing it again. It's the Nobody's Perfect Billy Wilder matinees part two. That mm-hmm. starts September 9th. What are some of the great titles you guys are showing for that? Uh, we are opening Labor Day weekend with Sabrina. Yeah. Uh, we also have, in no particular order, Stalag 17, uh, Seven Year Itch, Witness for the Prosecution. We have a title that he wrote but didn't direct called Midnight. And um, the one I'm the most excited about, I even tried to push this one in the first time we did the series, um, which is Five Grace to Cairo. Yeah. Um, which is such a fantastic film. Um yeah, this 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 one's a little shorter. It's a little different because I don't think they're all. Most of them are in thirty five. I'm not sure all of them are. We're not playing them in the order they were released, like we did the last time. Uh, but I'll be introducing most of them. I think I'm missing a week, uh, and I know uh, my co-programmer Rebecca wanted to introduce another one of them. So yeah. Um, so we'll 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 be trading off this time, the, but yeah, I'll be doing most of them. So. The ones that the ones that the the there's only two that aren't in DCP. That's Stalag seventeen, seven year itch. I mean, those are DCP. Right. Stalag seventeen right. and the seven year itch are in DCP. The other ones are in thirty five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so yeah, Sabrina, witness for the prosecution, midnight seven year itch, seven graves to Cairo, and Stalag seventeen for part two of the Billy Wilder uh, series. And I mean. Obviously, you were going to do a part two because, like, I went to every one of them, and every one of them was completely packed. Like, you guys, yeah. it was unbelievable. Including, like, a, two that sold out. Uh, I mean, two two weekends that were sold out. And uh, it, it might we, – we haven't – we don't really have a way of checking, but everyone seems in agreement it was the most successful matinee series we've ever had. So yeah. uh, I didn't think we'd get to do it again so soon. <laughs> I yeah. thought we'd have to wait till next year. But, uh, no, we, we had this nice little – little gap here in september and early october so and we should mention sabrina sabrina is not most of them are are friday and or sorry saturday and sunday yeah matinees um i think at least one of them is only playing once i think midnight's only playing once but sabrina's actually because it's labor day weekend and because a friend of ours has an event going on on a saturday we're actually showing sabrina sunday and monday like labor day on monday so yeah uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so, I also love the I, lo- I also love the fact that a friend of ours is having an event, and then immediately after his event, you guys are screening Sorcerer. I think that yeah. that's uh, a pretty <laughs> pretty <laughs> unbelievable uh, that that's. <laughs> That's if that friend of ours was cool, he'd just buy us all tickets. And yeah, he would, wouldn't he? Yeah, event. he would just yes. say, this is part of his event. So. Uh, but anyway, that's I find that very, very, very interesting that it's happening on the same day. Anyway, all right, cool. Lots of really cool stuff happening in the music box. You yeah. can get all the details, all the special events, including if you want to check out the titles for uh, the beginning, the first half of the music box of horror, because every night in October, something scary is happening at the music box. Uh, and you can always check out musicboxtheater.com for more information, schedules, and tickets, and everything you need. And it's all there. So anyway, lots of cool stuff happening at the Music Box, as always, because that place is great. All right. 
Let's get to the new movies. Um, Eric, you have not seen the latest. This is DC, yes? DC. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. The latest DC motion picture event, uh, Blue Beetle. Are you? Will you be watching it as we speak, actually? Is it, are you watching it uh, right now? Yeah, no, I actually saw it uh, yesterday. You saw it yesterday in the evening, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and, you know, while you're watching that, uh, I am watching uh, Birth Rebirth for the second time. How about that? Isn't that crazy yes. how, the, how the, time, the time warp continues? All right. That's right. Uh, Blue Beetle is the latest uh, sort of DC kind of standalone. Is that right? This is a bit of a standalone kind Pretty of? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve, why don't you tell us about Blue Beetle? We'll review it, and Eric, you can uh, listen to our reviews and, and, and you know, take those in. <laughs> I will. If you will. Yeah, so for, for good reason, it's been drilled into our collective heads for years now that representation is important and a wonderful thing. And, and the new DC superhero movie, Blue Beetle, is a solid example of Mexican-American representation, as I can call it a mainstream tentpole movie in quite some time. So... If for no other reason, that accomplishment makes the movie important and different. But being different doesn't mean the resulting film is actually good. Uh, unfortunately, the best I can say about Blue Beetle is that it's fine. Although I, I hope that if the character does manage to return in either a sequel or another hero's movie, we can get out of this sort of origin story mode and get to some real storytelling and character building. Uh, the Blue Beetle comic character dates back to the late 30s, uh, something that's kind of dealt with in this movie. Um, but the costume here we're addressing here is Jaime Reyes. Uh, and I'm not sure I can pronounce the name of the actor that uh, portrays him. I think it's Zolo Maraduena, um, a recent college graduate who returns home uh, to a city that sort of resembles Miami. It's sort of another one of these made-up D.C. cities like Metropolis and Central City um, that still manages to be in the United States, but even though it's not real. Anyway, so he finds that his family's business has gone under and his father, Alberto, uh, has had a heart attack, and in three months they're all going to lose their home. Um, and to say in today, Jaime is determined to get a good job with his pre-law degree, but instead yeah. he becomes part of a cleaning crew that includes his younger sister, Milagro, played by uh, Belisa Escobedo. Um, the crew gets to work cleaning a house of Cord Industries CEO, Victoria Cord, who's played inexplicably by Susan Sarandon, um, and <laughs> who, who, we, who we get to see in the film's opening, sort of an attempt to unearth this relic known as a scarab for, we assume, nefarious purposes. When Jaime meets her, he... he gets into an argument or he, he she's arguing with her niece uh jenny cord who's played by a brazilian actress named uh, bruna marquez uh marquezine um about whether the company should be involved in making weapons and victoria being a one-dimensional villain uh we gather she's in favor of these weapons when jaime uh intervenes to protect jenny from victoria's massive bodyguard uh conrad carapox played by um the only other one of the only actors in this movie I actually recognize Raul Max Trulio, uh, who's in like Sicario and in the Mayans MC TV show. Anyway, she tells him to come by the company offices because she wants to give him a job. Uh, so when he arrives the next day, she's just stolen the scarab and hands it off to him uh, for safekeeping in like this food container. And although he's told not to open it, of course, he does. And the scarab chooses Jaime as sort of a symbiotic host attaching itself to his spine and brain and giving him this biomechanical blue suit of armor that can generate any weapon he can imagine. Uh, the armor also speaks to Jaime 
uh, it even protects him, even if it's contradicts, even if it's to contradict his orders to do so. It turns out the tech is alien and that Jenny's father was the original or at least the previous Blue Beetle, although he was never able to sort of unlock the full potential of the Scarab. Uh, so he just sort of built weapons from scratch, uh, kind of like, you know, Iron Man or Batman or whatever. But anyway, for those wondering, although this story does take place in the DC universe, aside from the occasional like Superman, Flash, Batman name drop, this film has really no connection to previous DC movies. Although, like I said, it might uh, moving forward. Um, most of the fa film consists of fight scenes taking place in near darkness uh, with the Blue Beetle and the Karapax character, who also gets armored up, uh, fighting with masks on, giving us very little face time to get kind of charmed by this this young actor's obvious charisma. Blue Beetle is directed uh, by, I, I think, a talented filmmaker named Angel Manuel Soto, who, whose Charm City Kings is one of the highlights of uh, Sundance a couple of years ago. Um, and there's certainly nothing lacking here from a technical perspective. The biggest issues with the film, uh, I think, is the screenplay, which is a succession of cliches, superhero cliches, action movie cliches, movies about, quote unquote, family that are barely about that. Um, we even have to suffer through another superhero movie where we're meant to sympathize with the villain. Uh, for no, and I'm talking about the Karapox character, not Susan Sarandon's character. Um, yeah, yeah. For no particular reason other than, you know, he got screwed over by a, the mean lady who runs the company he works for. So the film also suffers because every scene that features Jaime's uncle, played by George Lopez, has Lopez cracking countless jokes and literally talking over other people's lines just to lighten the mood or show that his character is paranoid or crazy. It gets old real quick. Um I, I didn't mind the scenes of Jaime trying to figure out how his costume works, although I've seen that in other movies, too, like including another DC property, Shazam. Uh, what we do in the shadow star, Harvey Guillaume, shows up as Victoria's sidekick doctor, whom we know doesn't like her very much either. But his comedic talents are completely wasted in this film. And it actually kind of bummed me out to see that. Seriously, he was better in the Puss in Boots sequel than in this as like a weirdo dog. Yeah. Anyway, he's um, also he's also in Strays, by the way. He yeah. is he is barely in Strays. <laughs> yeah, yes. he is. Yeah. Um, um, never never a regular reader of DC Comics myself. I knew nothing about the Blue Beetle going into this movie, and I still feel like I haven't learned that much about him um, from what I've seen. I, I like most of the actors here. I think especially the the young lead in a in a breakthrough performance. I just hope that we get to see and hear more from him if he pops in anywhere else moving forward. The, the film is composed of noise and darkness and screaming and crying and more screaming. And of course, uh, a couple of credits, you know, oriented scenes to, to give us some idea of where things might be going. Um, by now you're familiar with the formula and while I would never declare myself a sufferer of superhero fatigue, I'm certainly tired of films taking what makes them unique and treating it like a gimmick rather than a solid cultural jumping off point. So I guess it's not a recommendation, but it's not a total failure either. So yeah, I, I think that's it's, what it's worth. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is saying much. I liked it more than the flash. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know what that says uh, considering how bad that movie was, but yeah, I'm with you on this. I will say this though. What, what I, what I, uh, you know, as tired of this as this is and has, I mean, we've seen, oh, this is, this is like below standard. This is like standard stuff that we've seen a million times and not just in the 
current state of like the unbelievable oversaturation of comic book and superhero movies, which make me nuts. Um, this is stuff that we got tired of, and this is like this is a this is a cliched story, even if it was like you know in the seventies. Uh, there's nothing uh-huh. really new here. Um, I will say this though, I I like the fact that the cast was filled with relative unknowns. Um, who were all pretty fresh-faced and seemed to be having a good time. I liked the lead. I liked um, uh, Bruna Marquezine. Uh, I thought she was great. Um, and I, li- mm-hmm. I, I liked a lot of the cast in this, except for, of course, uh, George Lopez, who made me crazy, and Susan Sarandon, who I just think lost a bet. I don't know what the hell she's doing in this. Uh, and I don't think she knows what the hell she's doing in it. Um, you know, waste of a waste of Guillermo Harvey Guillen, which is sad mm-hmm. because he's so goddamn great. But all these new faces and all these young people that are in it, I thought there was a real. They, I will say this, they seem to be excited to be in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like it was like that. Nothing. I mean, they're, you know, they're 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 acting out a screenplay that's been written a million times. There's nothing fresh in it. But at least they brought a really sort of sweet and nice and new energy to it. So I liked the cast a lot, and I really liked the lead. Um, and you know, some of the action sequences are competently put together. I think, um, I was actually, I actually, I didn't like it. I'm not recommending it, uh, because for all the things that you said, uh, Steve, because it is indeed, you know, tiresome and cliche ridden and there's nothing new about Mm it. Uh, But I do actually think it's, it's more than competently made. I think it's a pretty skillfully, skillfully directed film. And I think some of the action sequences are well done. Um, you know, the handling of the special effects I think are okay, but this is not new in any way. And I don't think that this is a, a jumping off point for anyone. And again, you know, representation is, is important, but this just seems like DC's attempt to try and do, you know, whatever, you know, you know, to, to, to add into the mix of representation in comic book movies, you know, whether it be like, uh, uh, the, uh, what's the, 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 uh, the Shuang Li or whatever that, what was it? Song-Chi. Yes. Song-Chi. Yes. I always forget the name of that one. And then Black Panther, <laughs> Black Panther, and some of the other, uh, other films that represent different cultures and different races. And, and, and it seems like, you know, it's a, it's a nice attempt to do that, but you know, they could have written a much, a much better and less cliched script. Um, but I didn't hate it. I, I will say this. Um, I, 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 probably might have maybe liked it a little bit more if there wasn't a fucking crying baby in the theater. (laughs) Someone brought an infant to a critic screening. This was like a half press, half public screening, I think. Mm -hmm. And you were there, Steve. We were sitting right next to each other watching this movie. There was a goddamn infant. Like they brought an infant with a baby. And you immediately commented on it when they brought brought the baby carriage in. They wheeled in a baby carriage. And oh my God. I'm not kidding. I I didn't know about the carriage. No, they brought in a baby carriage, oh, and were and and were switching off who was going to run the kid out to the lobby while it was wailing. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like part of the, you know the action scenes weren't very you know original on the screen, but I was watching the action with the baby and the parents and who was going to run out into the it lobby. It was like a relay race. <laughs> it was seriously. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You're right. I mean, and it was incredibly distracting, and I don't know who allowed. <laughs> Someone to bring a baby carriage with a screaming infant into a movie. And the kid, by the way, Steve, you know this. Yeah. The kid did not shut up. The movie's two hours <laughs> and seven minutes. And it literally was mom outside with the kid. Bring the kid back in. Kid starts screaming. Dad outside with the kid. You know. And, and I guess like between the two of them, they watched the whole movie. They could tell each other what the other one missed. Yes. 
Um, so that was, I just wanted to mention that because one, I, I, I really don't think that anybody should have allowed to bring a, an infant into a, into a movie theater, first of all, especially to a critic screening, which I think is yeah. a, maybe the first time I've ever seen that. The first time I've ever seen a baby carriage and a wailing baby in a critic screening. I they basically know. parked the baby carriage in the hand and the handicaps they did in the seats. But, yeah. And they were, and it was the, literally the row in front of us. They were like right yeah. in front of us. Uh, so yeah, it, it, I will say this <laughs> as much as people are asking the question, who brings a baby to a movie? A lot of people bring babies into the movie. The question isn't that the question is who let the baby in right. the theater. Right. And it's partly AMC's fault. Although I think when it's a private event, they don't, they, they can waive that. Thing. Yeah, the age, yeah, they have age restrictions at AMC. I know that they it's do. like six and under. Yeah, that's right. And, that's right. And for for anything that's not like G rated, yes. And then, but but somebody let that baby, per, those people with the baby in the theater, and that's those are the people I'm mad at. I'm not mad at the people who brought the baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although yeah. they shouldn't have brought a baby to a movie, but that's no, just me. that's I mean it's bad. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, Eric, you would have you would have enjoyed yourself uh, immensely uh, uh, yeah. during that. It was mm-hmm. <laughs> So so when you see the movie when you see the movie, you unfortunately will not have the live action that we had of baby baby, you know, uh, baby relay. That was not yeah. that was that's something that you are not going to be able to enjoy while watching. Uh, well, I'll, I'll I mean, download lucky, like a baby app or something. Yeah. yeah, you could do that. That's that's what you'll do. So anyway, yeah. Uh, so we were a little distracted. So that added to sure. the experience of watching Blue yeah. Beetle. Although I don't think, it, but by any stretch, I actually don't think it's a terrible movie. And it, like I said, I think it's a thousand times better than. I mean, was the Flash the last big? Um, uh, yeah, the big big comic book movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I believe it's, so. It's a thousand times better than the, than the than the Flash. Again, that's not saying much, but it's better than the Flash. <laughs> so, all right, all right. Now going to the complete opposite, even though it does share a star. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Guillermo's in this movie. Uh, here is a movie called Strays, um, <laughs> which is an R-rated uh, comedy about uh, dogs on an adventure, and it's definitely as far from what's the the what's that called? The something journey, the unforgettable Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound. There it is. <laughs> yes. Shit, I don't know the names of anything today. I don't. I'm just making <laughs> stuff up. Uh, so Strays is an R-rated comedy with cute dogs uh, saying the f-word a bunch of times. Uh, and voiced by very popular and very funny people. So, Eric, tell us all about Strays. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, in this film, uh, Will Ferrell plays the voice of Reggie, who is a border terrier who has a real shitheel of an owner, uh, played by uh, in the flesh by Will Forte, who is a, yeah. just like, an incredible scumbag loser. Uh, his girlfriend basically, you know, got the dog. He's not you know happy with it and the dog more or less bro- broke up their relationship which he brings a pair of panties that wasn't hers <laughs> into the room uh so he, he manages to keep the dog yeah uh, no matter how much he tries to get uh get rid of the dog basically by you know driving him out to the middle of nowhere and playing fetch with them and the, the, uh, reggie always finds his way back home uh but one day he ultimately does uh, is successful, and Reggie finds himself uh, alone on the, the the mean city streets, uh, and uh, he meets up with a uh, Boston Terrier named Bug, who is voiced by Jamie Fox, who becomes his sort of guide dog, if you will, on the on the streets and how to manage without a human owner. 
they meet uh, other dogs uh, in the dog park. Uh, one, a Australian Shepherd uh, named Maggie, played by uh, Isla Fisher, and a, uh, a Great Dane uh, named Hunter, played by Randall Park, who uh, wanted to be a police dog, but when that didn't pan out, uh, ends up being a basically a support dog for very sick humans. Uh, so the four of them, uh, you know, go about, you know, uh, being strays as they are, and uh, discover Reggie has believed he's been living the pretty good life. He's a very optimistic, very happy dog. Uh, thinks that he that uh, Forte's character Doug has just been playing with him this entire time, but soon his new friends clue him in that he's basically been part of a really abusive relationship all these years. And when he discovers that that is the case, uh, he sets off on a mission to get back to Doug, not to regain his happy life, but to bite his dick off. Yes. Uh, and uh, and that's the <laughs> plot of Strays. That's really all you need to know. Uh, it's it's basically homeward bound with dick biting. Right. And, uh, you know, and if that's your cup of tea, then, you know, God bless you. And, uh, and and I have to say that, you know, I mean, the movie was directed by Josh Greenbaum, whose last film was the very funny Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, the Kristen Wiig, mm-hmm. Annie Bumalo yep. film. Yep. And uh, and that film had a talking crab right. in it. Uh, <laughs> it and now uh, this one has talking dogs. And uh, the writer of this movie is a guy named Dan Peralt, who actually is the creator of the Netflix show American Vandal. Yep. Uh, which, if anyone saw that show, the first season Great of show. that is an entire mystery of yep. who just drew a bunch of dick and balls yep. all over the place. So the humor <laughs> level is right there, okay? And uh, and needless to say, anyone who thinks that critics cannot be as lowbrow, uh, let, let's see how these reviews go uh, for, for right now. Uh, because, I mean, you mentioned Homeward Bound, which I was going to yeah. mention, which I think yeah. is a perfectly lovely movie with Michael yes. G. Fox as one of the voices. It's a one, It's really a wonderful family movie and that, and that by the know, way that's a that's a remake because they did one it is a remake it's a yes, remake there, I, think did, the, I, I i grew up with the with the with the one from the the late 60s early 70s which is the one called the incredible journey that's incredible right? that's why i got it all right. fucked up because it's incredible right. well, journey it, it's yeah yeah it, yeah that's incredible journey and then it's yeah. homeward bound the incredible right. journey so that's, that's the title right. of that one okay and, See, I didn't screw again, it up, then i didn't screw it up that bad no you didn't oh okay good all right no you're on target man you're doing fine well thank you good thank you absolutely so and again that's a perfectly lovely movie now if you wanted to imagine if you wanted to you know, advance in a few years and be an adult and want to see what that movie would be like if everyone of all the dogs said fuck and shit and pooped and pissed and went after people's dicks. And humped this everything. This is the movie. And hunt everything, yes. Yeah, this yeah. is the movie for you. Uh, and, and I say that with a positive spin, actually, because uh, even though this movie is very simplistic and including in the screenplay, there's not uh, a lot of overtly clever (laughs) insights into dog culture is basically anyone who has ever had a dog or likes dogs or loves dogs will recognize the humor on display here. And I think that, and I think you, if you are a true dog lover, you are going to appreciate everything that goes on in this. Uh, Personally, anytime I see a dog humping, I laugh. It's just, it's a reflex. Okay. Uh, so you get a lot of that, and you get a lot of poop and pee and dick biting and all that kind of stuff, and a lot of fucks. And th- the way I'm describing the movies is exactly what it you know, the experience is. Uh, and I laughed uh, a good deal during yeah. this film. Uh, yeah. There are there are bits 
that don't work. Uh, there's a whole uh, Ellis uh, magic mushroom uh, sequence that didn't really make me laugh, but drug humor rarely makes me laugh. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, like even like when you get to like the big climactic scene, the the hint of animal abuse is really kind of lingering there, but I understand that they kind of need to take it that far so they get that, to that, that where they need that, to. The, the drug part didn't make me laugh. That killed me. The the, yeah, the okay. whole that that destroyed me. That that whole, yes. whole <laughs> right. Um, played to a, a perfectly good song. Yeah. At that yeah. Point. Um. Yeah. I laughed, and and this and that's really all we need to say about this. If you don't laugh at this, you probably have a lot more explainers to this. But I laughed frequently. Uh. You know, for I say at least sixty seventy percent of this movie, I was laughing. Uh, I think Jamie Foxx does some really great voice work in yeah. here. I think he's the standout amongst all of them. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's hump jokes. There are boner. There are a number of boner jokes, all of which made me laugh. Anyone who's yeah. ever had a dog laughs at yeah. dog boners. It's just yeah. it's just the way it is, people. I'm yep. sorry. I'm a dog lover, and I like strays. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and by the way, uh, the if, I think the you know you're talking about how there might there might not be a lot of clever stuff in this. Mm-hmm. I thought the the fucking knock knock thing was genius. I thought the the that knock, was that knock, was fun. That yes, is, that was that, clever. That's very clever. And for me, because yes. the rest of it is all pretty base, but that yeah. knock knock thing was fucking great. That yes. was great. All right, Steve, go ahead. What, what did you think? Yeah, I, I love this thing, and I'll, I'll add a couple <laughs> more things I thought were pretty clever. I'll, I'll say. The narrating dog bit is oh, hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. I'll give props to Josh Gad whenever I can. Right, but man, that's he, right. He, he plays a very particular kind of dog, and that thing has a payoff yeah. that is yes. maybe the hardest I laughed in this movie. Yeah, I forgot about now, that. I will say yeah, this yeah. about the – I think you're sort of referencing it, that the, but I'll, I'll say – I'll give a warning to some people. If, if you are uneasy about – uh discussions of like the sex lives or the genitalia or the bathroom habits <laughs> or the eating routines of dogs you should probably stay away from this if you have any love for rabbits you should definitely stay away from this movie um and do not say i didn't warn you yeah i mean yeah. the humor is absolutely it's like prime vulgarity and and uh, more to the point, though, I think it's smart, it's funny, and it's also, we should also say, this is a very warm-hearted movie about yeah. these, this collection of basically outcast dogs. Um, they each have a story in which they've sort of been either completely thrown out or at least pushed to the side by their owners. Um, and so they kind of bond together and go on this journey and become best friends. And I think that it's, I mean, I think the warmth of it is not overly sentimental. I think it completely works. I think it's what kind of carries this film over the finish line. Um, and it's kind of wild that in the cinematic world we're in, the funniest comedies of the year are R-rated, like No Hard Feelings, Joyride. I think uh, 80 for Brady was also a, a R-rated comedy. If I'm not, no, maybe not. Okay, no, anyway. that was PG-13. So, no, no. Yeah, I see <laughs> no, I'm, just ki- I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Anyway, so, um, but then, and then we also have like, like, we we didn't mention like Rob Riggle has kind of an amusing yeah. character in this <laughs> as a as a police dog and and I didn't even realize Greta Lee had a did a voice in yeah. this uh, yeah. in this Sofia Vergara has a, an unmentionable cameo voice cameo that I, I won't get into um, and Brett yeah, Gelman and then, and then, Brett Gelman I was gonna up. say and then there's a, this one human <laughs> performance by Brett Gelman that's oh my god <laughs> test the limits of grotesque <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And then, of course, the, there's a surprise uh, bird-watching celebrity cameo in here, too, that was hysterical and completely out of left field. So, I mean, this, this movie just, it, when it when it wasn't being funny, it was being really heartfelt. It was being very surprising. It was being very smart. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this, I think uh, calling it simple, might, I think it's deceptively simple. I think there's a lot going on here, actually, so... Yeah, yeah I like and, this and, you, movie. and I was glad to see that you brought up the fact that it is sweet because it is, and it's really you know, and, and it does all the stuff that the cute dog movies do. Um, <laughs> you know, it really does. I mean, it also has a great reference to there's a great reference to Marley and Me uh, in it, which is very funny. <laughs> and um, uh, and and uh, you know, like there's and there's like really, it's 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 got all those cliches of the Disney, you know, the warm-hearted. Look how cute the animals are, and the animals are adorable in this movie. It doesn't just because it you know just because it's loaded with toilet humor and and f bombs and stuff doesn't mean that the dogs themselves that the animals are not absolutely adorable and they're yeah. shot really well and it's 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 handled really well and it's sweet uh, and I laughed a lot I mean I laughed out loud during this thing now I wasn't aware of the cameo I know Steve you were I didn't know uh -huh. that this, I didn't know this person was showing up this, Eric did you know he was in it. No, absolutely not. And I almost fell off my chair. I almost fell off my chair. And then, like, who this person plays. You know what I mean? Like, like at first you see the person, and then then this person says who they're playing. And I went, wait a minute, what? Like, what? And I, I didn't see, I don't give it away, but I didn't see the movies that that actor is attached to that also has to deal with dogs. Yeah. I've never seen those movies. Oh, are you is serious? Any, no, oh, I haven't. Is oh, there some man. connection to those movies uh, with, uh, with what he's doing in this movie? Not, no, not really. But but the, okay. but he's in he's in a couple of major dog movies. Like by the uh, same studio. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I think the casting of this person is pretty funny and pretty clever. Uh, okay. But you know nothing within what's written. You know is like a some sort of direct connection to those movies. Okay. It's just him. But the fact All that right. it's him is hilarious. Uh, so no, I laughed a lot during this, and you mentioned some of the voice work. Um, is is terrific. Um, I, I think Randall Park is my favorite voice. I think Randall Park is mm. my favorite. I think he does the best voice work. Uh, uh, you know, I love that character. And you know, I mean, God bless Will Forte for just doing the Will Forte thing, man. <laughs> I mean, like who? That is the most perfect casting of all time to play this piece of shit human. Uh, it's like, of course, it's Will Forte, and he boy does he dive in unapologetically uh, dive into this. Mm. So now I laughed my ass off. I thought it was very funny. And, and I know that a lot of people hate it. I've been seeing a lot of negative reviews. Some of our colleagues disliked it and thought it was terrible. Mm. There were a lot of people in the room and a lot of people that went to a screening earlier, you know, on um, that disliked it. I don't know. I laughed a lot. Uh, it's heavy R. Do not take the kids. Do not take infants in a baby carriage. Of course, there wasn't any. Uh, but no, do not take the kids. This is a heavy R movie loaded with bad taste and loaded with every kind of uh, horrible sense of humor that you can imagine. But it's really, really funny. Um, there I were like people, it. there were three people right in front of us. I don't know who they were, but they were in a critic's row. I don't think they laughed once. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm like, whoa, I felt uncomfortable. I don't know. I I don't, uncomfortable. I, I, it's, it's weird because like the, you know, they've, they've screened this thing a couple of times. And so mm -hmm. I think, I think the three of us went to like the last press screening of it. Yeah. Cause I think they screened it a couple of times before. And I had heard like our, our colleagues and stuff in the room talking about it. I didn't jump into the conversation or anything, but most of the people who have talked about it, who had seen it already were 
really negative on it. Huh. And so, you know, like half an hour in when I was laughing my ass, I'm like, what's wrong with these people? This is a funny movie. I don't know. Made me laugh. I mean, we were all, the three of us were sitting right next to each other. We laughed consistently through the whole movie. Yes. So that's all mm-hmm. I know. I thought it was funny. Okay. All right. Now, let's get to a movie that's in sort of limited release. It's not playing all over the city. It's playing in about six theaters uh, before it will, uh, it will premiere on Shudder. And that, uh, that date for uh, its streaming on Shudder is TBA right now. I had the director on the podcast uh, earlier this week. Um, uh, Laura Moss is their name. And they co-wrote this movie and directed it. And it is, I think, one of the very best movies of the year. Uh, you guys had seen it already because you programmed it for the Chicago Critics Film Festival last May. And both of you specifically said, Nick is going to like this. You guys both said, <laughs> if there's one movie that we're showing, this is the one that he's going to love. And it is amazing. But it's out now, and it's a, uh, a horror movie called Birth Slash Rebirth. Steve, tell us about Birth Rebirth. Yeah, this was a, this was actually my favorite film, certainly from the midnight selections at Sundance this year, and may, maybe of the entire Sundance this year. Uh, it's the feature debut of director, co-writer Laura Moss, who who penned it with uh, Brendan J. O'Brien. Uh, Birth Rebirth is sort of a science fiction horror work that isn't meant to be scary in the traditional sense, but more horrifying in its implications, mixing bits of Frankenstein and reanimator in some of the most interesting and heartfelt ways I've ever seen. Uh, the movie involves a maternity nurse named uh, Celie, uh, played by a fantastic Judy Reyes, um, who has sort of structured her entire life around her lively six-year-old daughter, Lila, played by A.J. Lister. But when Lila dies unexpectedly of a very specific infection, Celia crosses paths with Rose, who's a equally great mayor in Ireland, um, who has just been consistently great in things like The Dark and the Wicked and even in the upcoming uh, movie Eileen. Um, uh, she's a, a gruff pathologist who works in the hospital morgue and, and likes it maybe a bit too much. Uh, Celie wants to see her daughter's body, but Rose says it's already been sent to the medical examiner. And when the ME can't find the body, uh, Celie begins to lose her mind and goes to Rose's apartment seeking answers only to be confronted with something not just unspeakable, but unfathomable. So I don't know how deep into this we want to get, but basically what what Celie finds is that Lila is in bed connected to tubes that appear to be keeping her alive, although still unconscious. And so after this initial shock, Celie is able to understand that Rose has developed a formula that can bring back the dead to life. She's got like a pig running around her apartment that's the result of her first successful experiment. Um... Something about the way Lila died and the fact that the girl was an organ donor made her think taking the made Rose think that taking the body for this experiment was a good idea. At first, Celie is horrified by the idea, but then her maternal instincts kick in. And when she wants to do everything in her power, which mostly requires stealing supplies from the hospital and helping Rose monitor Lila's condition, which does improve over time. Uh, but the secret formula includes a bit of amniotic fluid and placenta forces Celie to befriend a pregnant woman played by Brita Wool um, at the hospital who has had multiple miscarriages. So is having a lot of extra tests done, uh, which Celie, you know, is keeping the lion's share of the fluid from um, the horror elements of the of the film um, sort of enter the picture as Lila begins to wake up and move around and even communicate 
Uh, let's just say her recovery process is unpredictable, so Rose and Celie kind of take shifts looking after her. Once these two women enter into their shaky agreement, the film becomes a morality play that asks necessary questions about scientific ethics and parental mourning and a contemporary understanding of how someone would look past their own personal beliefs and boundaries in order to save a loved one. It's a fascinating, chilling, complicated story um, that the leads all sell beautifully. It won me over completely on being still, even that was this in January. Now we're more than halfway through the year and still like the best horror movie I think I've seen um, in, in not just this year, but like quite some time. So yeah, I, I truly love this movie. Okay. All right, Eric, what about you? Uh, I totally agree with Steve. I mean, we were both there uh, from our homes virtually seeing this movie uh, at Sundance this year. And it was the, it was the very first movie that I went to watch because Laura Moss was a guest of our festival a few years back, and yeah. now this was her first feature. So just the excitement of seeing that obviously drove me to it, but obviously we were had our eye on it for our festival as well. And so you just sit there, fingers crossed, that this is going to be something, and it exceeded all expectations. I mean, this is a really strong piece of work, and for all the reasons Steve said, but also just the, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with, any, anything that sort of any kind of adjacency to uh, the Frankenstein story uh, it, movies tend to, you know, have sort of a clever setup sometimes and then take it down uh, the most expected path you can possibly get to sort of get you to maybe some gore or some uh, you know, cheap scares and things like that. And this movie rattles you in different ways. Uh, it really finds a way to get under your skin with the kind of the morality tale that Steve, references there and watching the good people you know have to do horrible things but for potentially good reasons that's always a very uh very interesting very sketchy kind of thing that i've always uh responded to in movies and you know there's a movie that came out a few months later that i think actually no, I think played South by called the angry black girl or monster, which is also a Frankenstein tale that started off with some really great ideas and then just went down the Frankenstein monster is become going to be a monster kind of thing. And then this, it, it doesn't, it doesn't take that path. It, it's, it's far more unsettling, uh, obviously with the, with the child there, you know, you can make, you know, pet cemetery references and things like that. Uh, but it even doesn't really go down that route. And it's just, it's the way that, these two characters uh, start to diverge towards, or actually start to come together towards the end, make this uh, a really uh, unsettling work. But at the same time, I every time I talk about this movie, I remind people just how darkly funny yeah. this movie is. Marin yeah, yeah, yeah. Island, uh, I don't think has ever been better yeah. uh, in anything. I think she, her performance is, I mean, it, it's, it's weird and it's goofy at times, and it's just the, the this, her sort of like her awkward social way that she uh, deals with people is more funny than creepy. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's a perfect counterbalance to the the tone that Moss is setting for the rest of the film. This is a really strong piece of work, and yeah, I mean, I don't think there is a better horror film that's come out this year. Yeah, I I just think this is a major. Uh, this is I think this is a a, a, a feature directorial debut of massive proportion um i i think this is a major artist um and having talked to to them uh and i, I basically chased 
uh, Laura down at the theater, <laughs> like after the movie. I just, I, you know, like I was like, look, we need to talk. You need to be on my podcast and blah, blah, blah. Um, this is this is a major artist right here. Um, and and um, beautifully made, like really uh, just like the craft that's on display here, the filmmaking, every technical aspect of it. The score is amazing. Uh, the sound design and everything about this movie is so skillfully and brilliantly uh, made. And on top of that, really clever script and 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 a look back at like it's kind of like if you if you combine Mary Shelley, David Cronenberg, and Monty Python, that's kind of <laughs> what it seems to be. And and um and I was struck just by not only was uh, uh, Laura you know obviously influenced by you know that classic stuff, but also made it their own. Um, I, I just think this is a startlingly original movie that is it gets under your skin and it's creepy and it's scary and it works on a horror level. And you mentioned the comedy part of it. This is a very funny movie. I mean, it, it really is. And maybe I'm a twisted son of a bitch. I don't know. But but there were a lot of things in this movie that made me laugh. And then in that final third, it becomes kind of like a, a mystery in terms of what's going to happen. Like, how far are these characters going to go? What line mm-hmm. is especially Judy Reyes's character going to cross? How far will this... Will this obsession with, you know, keeping this, you know, reanimated girl alive, how far will this person, who is, I guess, the moral uh, 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 compass by which we're supposed to measure mm. the people that we're, you know, watching, uh, how far is this person going to go? Uh, and then it becomes sort of a mystery thing and like, uh, you know, what happens at a certain point in this movie? Um, uh, yeah, and it, it, it'll make your skin crawl, it'll make you uncomfortable, it'll also make you laugh. Um, and it's also, I think, really moving. I think it's a very deeply moving film. There's great moments in this movie um, where I was just like, wow. I mean, I, it, every, every emotion and every part of me intellectually, viscerally, and emotionally was affected by this film. Um, I was astonished by, I, by how brilliant it was. And, I, and I've seen the, the, the short films. I've seen uh, Laura's other short films, and they're terrific. But this is just, a, this is just a, far and away, the, I think, you know, one of many great directorial debuts this year. A lot of great first-time uh, films mm-hmm. here. A lot of great directors coming out. And, uh, and a lot of great female voices. A lot of great female directors. Laura's non-binary, but a lot of like you know, women directors have come out and knocked it out of the park this year. Uh, and you know, this obviously has a, you know, a, a female point of view to it as well. And my God. So, yeah, I can't recommend this movie highly enough. And you guys were right. I mean, you know, I mean, I just lost my mind when I saw it last May, and I can't wait to see it again. I'm going to see it tonight, hmm. um, and I haven't seen it since May, and I'm just excited. It's going to be. I'm excited to see it now, as I was back in May. Uh, I think it's absolutely one of the very best movies of the year, and without question, the best horror film in a long, 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 long time. At least one that really stands above head and shoulders above some of the other ones. There have been some solid horror movies, you know, over the past year or two years, but this one I think is head and shoulders above them all. So. Birth Rebirth, it's playing in about seven or eight local theaters. Uh, check it out, get your tickets, and then it'll be on Shutter at some point in the near future. So, anyway, great stuff. And nice mm-hmm. job booking that one, you guys. I got to tell you. Oh, thank you. You know, we Chicago, she got it. the Chicago premiere, and I do want to say that Laura is still thrilled and, uh, and, and talked. I don't know if you guys heard the interview, but talked about how much she loved being here uh, at, mm-hmm. the, at that festival. So, really good stuff. So, all right. So, Blue Beetle, eh, eh. Strays unapologetic. We we liked it. <laughs> yeah, and we all love and we all love birth rebirth. What's coming up in a couple of weeks that we're going to be reviewing? The uh, Equalizer Three. See, man, I don't care. 
<laughs> I don't even remember the other ones. Just, I just don't care. I, uh, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, 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 you know, I love Denzel, but I just, I can't yeah. even pretend to care. All right. Well, it's so that's Sony now, so they might not screen it for us. Anyway, they won't so. screen it for us exactly. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Well, if they do, there'll be a goddamn baby in the audience running around. So right. There you go. All right. All right, Eric, Steve, thank you guys, and uh, we will talk. We will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Right. All right. See you later. See there's Eric, and there's Steve. And those are the movie reviews. And let's talk to Esmeralda Lee. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. Yeah, yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah, yeah. Love me some asthma, asthma real delay yeah. All right, that theme means, of course, it's time to talk to Esmeralda Leon, who joins me on uh, every occasion. <laughs> I guess it's an occasion uh, when, when we do a podcast. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm okay. A little uh, wet in my neighborhood right now as we uh, mm. as we record mm-hmm. this. It, it was like, at one point it became pitch black. We're recording this in the morning, Oof. not to shatter any illusions, but it was pitch black, and I looked outside like sheets of rain. It's like, what the hell's going on? So anyway, but you're okay. Hey. Are you? Are you? Are yeah. you all right? Okay. All right. By the way, uh, occasion is uh, the definition a particular time. Or instance of an event. So wow. this is an occasion. Wow! What your captain? Right? Def, your captain definition. That's pretty good. Well, no, I didn't. I looked it up. <laughs> I figured. I, <laughs> I, just thought, I didn't think you had that one hanging around in your brain there. To <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I couldn't have told. I would have been a thing. <laughs> what is the exact? I really want to know the exact definition of occasion. Esmeralda, can you help me out on that with your, with your. Incredible knowledge of the dictionary in your brain. A, th- a thing. There you go. That's what I thought it was, too. A thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest definition for anything, though, isn't it? <laughs> like yeah. Any word. Throw any word at you. It's a thing. <laughs> a th- it's um, yeah. <laughs> an action. It's a noun. It's a noun. It's a verb. It's an adverb. It's an adjective. Whatever. I don't know. Anyway. Well, welcome. Any plans? We are hitting uh, hitting the weekend here. Any plans uh, for this for this weekend? Um, As of now... No, uh, I did find out yesterday that uh, the Air and Water show is oh, happening this weekend. Right. I completely, you know, I never, yeah, oh, until I hear the shit. zooming of planes, Here's the I, I never think about it. <laughs> you know, I don't think about it either, but now I'm kind of, I, 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 I have a girlfriend now. Mm-hmm. Um, and she lives right on the lake, but it's the it's Oof. the it's but it's the south side. So I don't know how far south. I mean, go. they so they practice. They fly over by me when they yeah. practice. Yeah, I know. The, when I, during that day, the day before, I think. Yeah. So you can hear them. I could hear them. So Wednesday night, I heard a couple of zooms and like. Just big like where I'm yeah. just like what what was that? Yeah, what? you always forget, right? And, and until mm-hmm. it's like, oh shit, it's the air and water show. Because at first you think we're dead, 
You know, like <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's happening? Why is there, is there a war? Come from? What, what the hell is happening right now? Um, and and then it's like it takes a couple of seconds. You go, oh yeah, that's right. It's August, and the stupidest fucking thing that ever happens in this city is happening this weekend. That's right. Yeah, and so also when I so I live essentially in the flight path of Fur O'Hare for right. planes to go right. in. Right. Um, and I record voiceover. In uh, the yep. late afternoon, early evening. Um, right. Usually I do it later because uh, sometimes there's too many planes. I've I found a website, um, and it's quite interesting. It's called planefinder.net. And I, and I literally watch these little figures of planes on a map go by. Oh, um, so they give you like the 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 it radar. Tells you. Of the, the, it like tells the you air when the traffic, planes air are. traffic. Do you do you are you tapped into air traffic control? Essentially. Wow. It's crazy. What's it called again? What's it called again? Planefinder.net. Okay. And it literally it's just a map and it shows you all the planes going by. So like right now there's a plane going by at this I can very hear moment. It. I can I'm, hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm watching the little figure on the. Isn't that amazing? It's uh, so. So is it going to go ape shit this weekend then? Well, no. So when I was looking at it um, on Wednesday night, I did not see the whoosh. When I heard the whooshes, I looked at the thing because I'm like, "What is that?" It wasn't on there, so I think they're you know under the radar or whatever. It, it, well, it's not sanctioned. I guess it's not because it's not leaving an airport or coming into the airport. Maybe right. that's what it is, because they're yeah. just jagoffs flying around in the in the sky. Yeah, yeah, I hate the air and water show. You and me, Esmeralda, we've talked about yeah. this for many years. It's the stupidest thing in the history of Chicago. Yeah. I fucking hate it. I hate mm-hmm. everything about it. <laughs> I hate it with a passion, and uh, yeah. and I would bitch about it all the time. Now I live a little bit further west than you do. Mm-hmm. So I don't hear it quite as much. But when I lived in Andersonville, Esmeralda, just west of Clark, holy shit. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous. And being downtown. Now, here's the thing, though. I don't know how far south they fly. Right. Because, like, my girlfriend lives literally on the lake. Like, the lake. Yeah. You walk yeah, out I the back know. door. I don't know how. I mean, they probably get down there just to, they you must. know. They must. to, to turn around. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's going to be a nightmare. It's gonna be, yeah. it's gonna be a nightmare. I'll have to ask her. I've never asked her about that because she's lived there for a few years, so I've never asked her about like what the experience is if it gets crazy. Um, I mean, you you know, you'll be able to see it because you know, she's got an incredible mm-hmm. view because she's right on the lake, but she's got an incredible view, but very far south. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what's going on. You know, and then and then they'll buzz Wrigley Field. There's a game this this weekend, and they they, oh, and they think course. it's funny. They buzz Wrigley Field and scare the shit out of everybody at Wrigley. And then, <laughs> like, if a pitcher is trying to pitch a ball and the buzz, then you you know oh, you get a, boy. the pitcher has to start over again, and then we have to wait for these idiots to fly by. And I remember one time I was bitching about it on the radio when I was on the air because I bitch about it all the time because I think it, it literally is the stupidest thing in the history of Chicago <laughs> events. <laughs> yeah, without question, it is the fucking stupidest thing in the history of Chicago events. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. And so I remember I was talking about it one time. And this was many, many years ago, Esmeralda. I was on the air talking about it. It was when Andy Herman was my producer. So we're talking mm-hmm. like late 90s, very early, early aughtsies. Mm-hmm. And I'm bitching about it. And some guy calls up. And we get him on the air. And some guy calls up. And he goes, I go, you know, these the Jets, they come by. They scare the shit out of people. It's loud. It's intrusive. It's obnoxious. Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, amen. When you hear that sound, that's the sound of freedom. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, okay, dude. Mm. <laughs> that was my favorite. My favorite response: the sound of freedom. <laughs> so, uh, so anytime I bitch about it, I'm always like, "Yeah, but that's the sound of freedom, man. That's the sound of freedom." <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I have a question though. Mm. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. See, she has noise canceling headphones on right now, preparing for the week. For preparing for the week. Hi, I'm Carrie. Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. All right, it'll be okay, Carrie. Don't it's worry. Okay. About it it okay. only it only apparently is like from 10 a.m. to three. So. Yeah, but it's but it's Thursday today as we tape this, and these mm-hmm. assholes will be flying around, and they're not. I don't yeah, want to say they're start, assholes because because they'll like start the, practicing. I you know, and again, I'll get criticized for calling them assholes. They're amazingly talented people, and they and many of them are veterans, and you know the blue you know the Blue Angels. They're incredibly talented. I just think it's loud and obnoxious, and I think it's the stupidest fucking thing ever. And I especially yeah. hate it when they buzz bu- <laughs> when they buzz buildings downtown. Like you're downtown. Like get the fuck. Yeah. It. No, thank you. I hate it, but it's the sound of freedom, Esmeralda. Says. We're making fun of the sound of freedom. I don't know if you know that or not. <laughs> That's my well, favorite. Well, see, I <laughs> hear that noise all day because right. again, the flight path. So, I mean, these yeah. aren't. So you're free. These are all you commercial are way, planes, Esmeralda. But... You are free as hell. If you hear that sound, oh. you are free twenty four seven, Esmeralda. You should be celebrating For... your freedom. We're about to hear it again in a minute. Oh yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> that's the sound. Through. That's the sound of freedom, man. <laughs> oh, I that think was it was a smaller plane. Oh, not not very free. It's coming no, from Syracuse. Free. So <laughs> they're not it very tells free, you it's crazy how like you it tells you and what kind yeah. of plane it is. Well, there are people there are the people who part. really who are into that uh, kind of stuff, and God yeah. bless them. That's a, it's a very cool, you know. Uh, you know, you know, it's 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 a very cool hobby, and 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 uh, what the hell was the producer's name at the car wash who was who flew all the time and um oh Ben uh, he Ben he, pro- he produced he, he produced my show for a while when Dan left him before I got uh, Tom as my producer oh uh, okay and he was like Mr Jets and and I would make fun of the Air mm. and Water show and he's like no man those guys are great it's it's amazing and I'm like no it's annoying it's fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but it is. But it's the sound of freedom, Esmeralda. So, do you think about it? Yeah, that? it was so I, funny because um, the, the guy truly was Esmeralda. He was like this dude was just like, "Hey, listen, man, you know, like freedom. really full on serious, like it's the sound of freedom." Shut okay, up. Okay, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to the Batcave because you won't hear it down there, freedom, because mm-hmm. you're down in a cave. So yeah. anyway, you know what is truly unsettling? Um, so you have this map for this plane thing. When you you can you can go all the way out and look at the entire world, um, it looks like just an infestation of of ants. <laughs> the planes, how you many? Mean, like the, yeah, the how air, many planes yeah. are it's in scary. the air at yeah. this very moment? No, it's terrifying. I, you know what? I mean, I don't. I've never really looked at that. What's it called? Plane village spotting village. What's it called? Planefinder.net. <laughs> okay, sorry. There's no village involved. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know all the world is a village, but right. But I, I would freak out because I already am terrified of flying. Yeah. Um. But I, if I were to look at that thing, I would just be like, I can't, because because the amount of air traffic and the amount of planes that are in the air at any given it time is, across, like, is you insane. Don't think about it like that. No, it's, yeah. It's but insane. it's covered, covered, it's terrifying, right? Covered with planes. And then there's extra jagoffs flying around, scaring people by Wrigley Field this weekend. Yeah. 
And they're yep. not even on there. Those guys are not even on there. Yeah, they don't. For, yeah, they don't get on yeah. here. I don't think. Maybe well, like when you know the, why? Because they represent freedom, and they're not going to be tracked. Freedom. You can't track freedom. <laughs> you can't track freedom. Uh-huh. Hey, man, that's freedom. That's the sound of freedom, man. Okay, thanks, dude. All right. Sorry. <laughs> didn't realize I was anti-American because I didn't want, I don't want my pets to be scared shitless, and I don't want to wake up. Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So. Freedom. That's another thing. It scares the shit out of pets. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Pet, you know, like, it's annoying. It's as annoying as the Jagoffs who blow stuff up on the 4th of July. So I guess in order to celebrate independence and freedom, you have to blow stuff up and be loud. I guess that's what Just you noises. have to, Is that I what mean, it yeah, is? Yeah, that's <laughs> literally what the U.S. is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just people being loud. That's all. Kind of is. our thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, well... <laughs> It's the ah! That's us. Oh man. I like a little bit of this. Ow! I prefer that. All right. Yeah. Still loud though. It is. Always loud. So. You gotta be loud. <laughs> yeah. So all right. Um well anyway, the Air and Water Show. If you like the Air and Water Show, I'm sorry. If you love it, if it represents something, some sort of freedom thing for you, that's cool. And I do acknowledge that the pilots are amazingly talented. Many of them are veterans, and I and I thank them for their service. But that shit is loud and annoying. That's all. Yeah, it's that's, that's all I'm saying. It it's just a bunch of shit. So anyway, uh, quick um, email from Sarah Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. Remember, we were talking about how scary the grimace and is and all that stuff. And yeah. And mm-hmm. then there was that challenge that we were talking about that TikTok or that online challenge uh, that involved the grimace shake, right? Like people were kids yeah. were dying. Well, it was it was no kids weren't dying. <laughs> no, like they were acting like they were dying, right? They were they, um, they it was like they got, literally just drinking it and then I guess because it's so purple. I, I think thought, what they were doing was they were pretending that they were murdered by Grimace. Yeah, or like there was a conspiracy. Right. And it was all fake. So we were talking about that and then the but the Grimace shake. Now so Sarah wanted to let us know and this doesn't help me at all, Esmeralda. This is why I need your help, mm-hmm. okay? I need your help for many reasons because I'm unstable. But I need. <laughs> but here's the thing. Sarah says this. I tried the Grimace shake. To me, it tasted like Blue Moon ice cream. Now I don't know what that is. So can you can you enlighten me as to what Blue Moon ice cream is? Wait a minute. You're doing a You're little research. You're asking that. Yeah, because oh, she okay. says it tastes. <laughs> Because no, because she, she said I thought her email was it tastes like blue moon ice cream. What is blue moon ice oh, cream? Oh no, no, no. <laughs> no, that's like, me. Oh. Her no, her question ended at it tastes like or her statement ended at it tastes like blue moon ice cream. Got it. I was gonna say that's frightening. Yeah. So you know I don't know the name. <laughs> no, I don't know what blue moon ice cream is, so I've never tasted it. So but that's what it tastes like. So for the for folks out there who are listening who have tasted blue moon ice cream, evidently the grimace shake tastes like blue moon ice cream. Okay. So this is apparently interesting. It's a uh, so this is Wikipedia by the way. Uh, it's available in the upper Midwest of the United States, blue okay. moon. So it's an ice cream flavor. Uh, multiple cities claim to be the originator, uh, but most of them are Milwaukee or Ludington, Michigan. Okay. Um, but the Chicago Tribune has described the ice cream as Smurf Blue Marshmallow Sweet. Smurf Blue Marshmallow Sweet. Blue Moon Ice Cream is one of the flavors that make up Superman ice cream in certain states. Oh, okay. So if you ever, like when you go to the Baskin Robbins and you see, they always have like a superhero-like 
yeah. ice cream mix. So that could be Blue Moon. Or okay. if you probably go into the depths of Wisconsin <laughs> and you go to an or, ice cream or, shop, or I'm or sure you go, can find it. Or if you go up to the mitten of, of, of Michigan, you might be able to mm-hmm. find uh, you mm-hmm. might be able to find it up there. So um, okay, so that's what it. That's kind of what. What did she say it, it was again? Uh, marshmallow, but it was blue. What was it? You said so. It was? It's Smurf blue. So this is the Smurf trip. Blue. Said okay. it was Smurf blue marshmallow sweet. Okay. So. Um, some dairies that make Blue Moon keep their ingredients a secret, so you don't really know what's in ah, it, which I, I don't know if people are into that anymore. <laughs> okay, I see. Um, but varieties uh, usually have a distinct berry or vanilla flavor notes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, the, so. according to according to Sarah, our, our subscriber, uh, the Grimace Shake tastes like uh, Blue Moon ice cream. So in case mm-hmm. you were wondering, that's what it tastes like. And she did not was not murdered by Grimace after she drank it. She didn't. Yeah, she's still alive. She's still think. alive. Was not murdered by uh, <laughs> by that at all. And then I think she had one of these. <gasps> McRib is back. I think she had one of these. along with the thing. Although Grimace, that's not in his birthday meal. No. He, well, the McRib is only that. You know, again, I don't know when McRib season comes back. It's been a while. The holidays is usually it usually around November they do it. Yeah. Um. But it used to, but they, it used to be twice a year, and I guess they haven't done it again this whole year. So we got to wait, I guess, till November to get the McRib, mm. which makes me sad because it's my favorite fast food sandwich of all time. <laughs> it is. I love the McRib. Sure. I love it. You know why? Because I've told you this before. Because there's no lying in the McRib. Because you look at it and it's saying to you, "I am absolutely fucking processed. There are no bones in here, but it looks like there are." You know what I mean? Like right. It, I was gonna it, say. What do you mean? It's not lying. I mean, it's it's fake not lying. No, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, and then grill marks. Yeah, which... it's like <laughs> it's no. They are grilled on a flat top, though. They are grilled yeah, on a flat top. The, okay, but then how do you get lines uh, drawn on? They're on. Oh yeah, no, no. It's lines. but that's what I that's what I'm saying about the about the product. It, there's no lying. It's like this is absolutely processed. Because mm-hmm. you clearly are not going to be able to bite through bones. Like this is processed meat. <laughs> and so when you yeah. order when you order a McRib, you know it's a goddamn processed piece of something. So I love the mm-hmm. fact that there's no lying. It just right up front, it's like enjoy this fake processed thing because there are no you, you you can't bite through bones. You can't have. <laughs> True, that is correct. So, and you cannot only, bite through bones. You can't, uh, you know, unless you're a vampire or something, you know, that kind of thing. But I don't know. Can they even? Uh, it depends, I guess. You can bite through a lot of stuff when you're a vampire. <laughs> I think you, can, you know, dinosaurs can bite through bones, and you know, because they're not. I mean, Hulk why would they bite, bite through, through a bone? Just I don't know because they're really pissed and they want to make sure that they take your head off along with just biting your neck. I guess. I don't think I've ever seen them bite through anything. Like, it's usually they're ripping something. Yeah, it's usually, and they tear. And the, yeah. You know, yeah. But that's so. just skin. Yeah, and tendons and stuff. Yeah, they'll, they'll get into mm-hmm. the tendons as well. Boy, I'll tell you, this new <laughs> this new uh, Dracula movie has bombed at the box office. Holy crap. Oh. The Demeter, the vo- last voyage yeah. of the Demeter, which I thought was really terrific. And man, it's probably, people it's are hating It's probably because it's not... Um, it's like it's not swanky you know what i mean like the the vampire right he's like yeah kind of gross looking and weird he's like a he's like a he's like nosferatu but even 
grosser and also bat-like. So it's not. Yeah. He's not see, like a hot. He's not like. He's not like a hot vampire. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. I don't think we really like ugly vampires. <laughs> I do. <laughs> we need them to look really good. Right. We like need they pretty have to vampires. Look enticing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you got stuff like True Blood, stuff like True Blood and Twilight and uh, Interview yeah. with a Vampire. Interview with a Vampire. All those did really well. They did. And Interview with a Vampire, by the way, are the hottest vampires in the history of vampires. Like every guy in that movie. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. My my God. Yeah. I mean, it's Bendejas. You got Antonio Bendejas. You got uh, you got Brad Pitt. You got uh, 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 Tom Cruise. Uh, Christian Slater. It, they're all hot. Like everybody in that movie, everybody in that yeah. movie is hot. And then you got this weirdo bat boy looking thing on the last voyage of the Demeter. Right. No one's, no one's <laughs> no, into it. Nobody's digging no. that. Yeah. And it's not Robert no Pattinson. One. You know, it's not Robert Pattinson. It's not Christian Stewart. So it's yeah. like, uh, you know, it's he just this. He barely all- has skin. Like, he's like I don't know what it is. Well, he's Leather. basically, he's feeding. <laughs> and as he's feeding, he becomes more human like because it feeds him. So he's like skeletal, oh, okay. and you know what I mean. And like once he so gets more, so then at the end, it's like he, he's still he, no, he's still ugly as no? fuck. At the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> yeah. no one's into it. Nobody's into that. We that's the not... key. You want? <laughs> I, guess... I think that really is it. We don't like ugly vamp. We need some good looking. Yeah, because you always notice that they're good looking, and then they will turn a little bit and be gross. Right. Well, you know, I mean, that's important because one of the elements of the original novel and all the and the vampire lore is sex. Sex is a big part mm-hmm. of of vampire the the vampire myth in film and in in literature is that you know you're 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 seduced by Dracula, you're seduced by the vampires, and they're supposed to be sexy, and you're supposed to like give yourself to them. Yeah, and then you're not going to give yourself to this bald Nosferatu demon-looking guy. This poor bastard is not <laughs> enticing anybody. He's not going to get laid real easily. You know what I mean? Like he can't. Yeah. Like, I mean, even Christopher Oof. Lee is sexy as shit. You know what I mean? Like Christopher Lee is like, yeah. hey, look at me, I'm Christopher Lee, and you're like, yeah. I'll, and then I'll. here's this thing. And there's this guy. Hey, it's hey, like, would, oh, you like, would you like? Would you can I can I bite? Would you like to dance? <laughs> would you like a drink? I like you. Will you go home Oof. with me? No, dude, I'm not going home with you. Kid? I don't think he has eyelashes. No, he has nothing. He's all fucked up. And and, and or the like other, eyebrows, nothing. Nothing. He's no, in, no. <laughs> yeah. He's not. No, it's not. I, I mean, think like, really, like, that is that is. You a, look at like a crucial point. Now you've seen Fright Night, right, Esmeralda? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the original Fright Night, you got Chris Sarandon, who's handsome as right. shit. Okay, and as then Jerry he Dandridge. gets gross. Then he gets gross when he turns into a vampire after he's, after he's already turned you. Like he seduces mm-hmm. you, but not. And you know who played him in the remake? I mean, if you want to talk about Jesus Christ, oh, you want to yeah. talk about? Come on now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would let Colin Farrell have me. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? <laughs> like, and that's why, yeah, he was able to. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Who knows how old Colin Farrell is? I don't in that care. Movie. I don't like, care. Like, how I would old be. is that vampire? If he's hundreds and thousands of years so, old, but yeah. let me tell you something. If Colin Farrell came up to me with that accent, and he's like, he'd uh, be like, yeah, sure. Go to bed with me. I'd be like, hell yeah, man. Let's go. Bite me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's, you know. And by the way, I would I would enjoy being a cannibal too if Timothy Chalamet, you know, like in that movie last year, I'd let him eat me. All right. Are you kidding me? I I'm in love with Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> so, Timothy uh, Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Yeah. I have a T-shirt that says I'm a Timothy Chalamaniac. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, 
Which is true. So I, I, I love that kid. What can I tell you? I love him. Anyway, how the hell did we get on this vampire? I what don't the know. Hell happened? I oh. just saw. Um, oh, because you're talking about the Demeter. Demeter but yeah, I don't know making, how that came about. Well, because it made no money. I don't know why. It just made no money over the weekend. It made nothing. It bombed. Right. Oh. Yeah. I, I I enjoyed it too. People were like, I remember this when the screening ended. I was I walked out and I was like, yay! And I was all happy. And then I was running into people in the lobby and they were like, God, that sucked, right? And I went, No, I actually quite liked it. <laughs> I'm telling you, people don't like <laughs> ugly vampires. I guess that's what it is. I guess <laughs> they want some good looking ones because you know what? You all you also kind of are kind of on their side. Yeah. And I think it's because they're good looking. All right. There it is. So. We uh, America America celebrates things by being loud, and we like good-looking vampires. That's what we're discovering right now. Yeah, That's we will we will be on their side. They could eat entire villages, yeah, of people, and we're still be like, oh, they're not so bad. Uh, well, he's, I mean, Jesus, he can't be that bad. Look at him. He's Colin. He's Colin Farrell. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's how a, bad can he be? Not that bad. He I mean, can't be that bad. Look how beautiful that man is. Are you kidding? And listen to yeah. his accent. Listen to his accent. How can he, a, a man that looks that beautiful with that accent, be bad? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He can't be. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, all right. Hey, speaking of weirdness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched this the 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 Depp versus Heard documentary. It's yes. on Netflix. It's a three-part documentary, um, and I watched it all. It's very quick. It's like 40 minutes each, so I watched it. Mm-hmm. I watched it all last night uh, and into this morning. Um, now, I avoided the whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial thing. And yeah. I, know that, I know that you did, too, to, to most, to, 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 for the most part, correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I found the whole thing to be depressing, you know, and—, and um, and it would just like anytime I would like look at it online or, or, or see what people were posting, I just get depressed because one, I don't want to know about what's going on between these two people, whether it was abuse or any kind of like fucked up relationship. I don't care about that. You know what I mean? It's, it, mm-hmm. it makes me uncomfortable. And then what was happening online with people in social media and, you know, taking sides and doing all this shit. It just made me depressed. Oh, completely. It yeah. made me very depressed. And I don't know who's right or who's wrong. And I'm not taking sides. You know what I mean? So I'm, I, I thought I'd watch this thing, one, because Fe- Feinberg's going to be on on Tuesday mm-hmm. for his biweekly visit, um, and we're going to talk about it. It, it. He did a review of it, and so I thought I'd watch it yeah. so we can talk about it. And I, I'm telling you, Esmeralda, everything that I thought that I would feel while watching it was confirmed by watching this documentary. Mm. It just, it's okay. fucking depressing. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. depressing. and. Not only is the situation depressing between them, and they clearly had an unhealthy and volatile relationship, which was either abusive on both parts, and there were you know substance abuse problems as well. It was a really fucked up thing. Mm-hmm. And so in addition to watching a depressing trial about two people in a horrible relationship that I didn't want to know details about, then it just turns into this portrait of, you know, you want to talk about America, we're talking about we like loud stuff that blows up, and we like pretty vampires, and we like to take sides and fuck with people on social media. Oh, completely. Yeah. It's depressing, Esmeralda. It's, I mean, it was just everything that I thought it would be. And I don't remember. The, there are certain things that I remember. I remember there was the whole thing about, did she take a shit on, it, on the bed? You remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, like, his finger got cut off or something. Like, part of his finger got cut off. And, and that's kind of all I remembered. I didn't remember that Kate Moss showed up at one point to, to be a witness. 
Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, and I don't remember all this stuff, but apparently, and, and these were the things, these were the bullet points that were really big. So, in the documentary is redundant and unnecessary, completely fucking unnecessary, and it made me very, very depressed while I was watching it. So, any, you know, any interest that you have in watching it, Esmeralda, if you, and I think mm-hmm. you and I both felt similarly about not wanting to get into this because it was just depressing, don't watch yeah. this thing. Don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, what can you say about it? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, in this documentary, I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? We've seen, I, I don't know what else can be said. Yeah. And so, it's also, in my mind, I'm like, you're going to start trying real hard to fill your time. It's also with kind of just, like you said, because don't you say it gets repetitive? And completely. Completely. And it's also like, okay, in addition to, you know, this really sad situation that happened between these two people who were once married, you know what I mean? I don't care that they're rich. I don't care that they're movie stars. They're two human beings and they had a fucked up relationship and I don't want to see the details mm-hmm. on that. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. sad. Yeah, exactly. But for but for the social media stuff, and I got to tell you, I, the word content, the words content creator and like the, the, the term influencer just makes me mm-hmm. sick to my stomach. It really does. Like I'm watching these people who are a major part of this documentary and were a major part of this story because the way that Amber Heard particularly was treated uh, by oh the, yeah you know is 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 fucking depressing and horrible and and whether or not she was guilty of this or guilty of that I mean they found for him they found for Johnny Depp he won mm-hmm. the defamation suit and he was you know, they, they said that there was a huge settlement that he was supposed to get from Amber Heard. So she lost the case. But besides, I don't care about that. The way that she was treated by the people on social media and by these influencers and these content people is fucking horrendous. And and just and how these people were getting hits and they made money. There's some guy in a Deadpool mask. I don't even like the guy dresses up like Deadpool. Apparently he's a big influencer. Sure. <laughs> he dresses like Deadpool and he was like, you know, totally on Johnny's side and he would publish, you know, he would post things live during the, the trial. And this stuff was happening live. People were watching it on their phones and all over the place. Mm-hmm. And these influencers, these guys in these stupid Deadpool costumes and these assholes who couldn't get laid if they, you know, ever wanted to and have no friends or social life were suddenly making money because they were ripping apart this woman or this guy for having a really terrible dysfunctional relationship. It's yeah. depressing. It's fucking depressing. Yeah, I would see I would see things and here's the the beauty about at least Instagram is that like if you do see something you don't want to look at, they have like options <laughs> where yeah. you can say I'm not interested cuz I would every time I saw something like that cuz it was always, always it was never anything informative of course. No. It was always some kind of like oh Johnny's the coolest and look right. at what he did and do the Right. It's like, all and it's and it's wanna, I don't care. It, I don't want to look ja- at this. It's like some jag off in a Deadpool mask. You know, go yeah. hey, look, and then there's like a picture of Amber Heard with like crazy eyes, and they make her look nuts, and they animate her. Right. You know, they make a they make a crazy moving meme out of her, like, and then they'll do like a they'll they'll have a picture of her, but they'll add like poop coming out of her ass because she shit on the bed. And this is the kind of stuff that's loaded twenty four seven onto social media and TikTok and all those places. Mm-hmm. And these people got a ton of attention. These worthless, talentless jagoffs. Oh yeah, you know, for who sure. Con- who contribute nothing to society but but nastiness. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. got they were the superstars and they're focused on entirely in this in this documentary. And it's maddening. Uh, Ugh, uh which like that's even worse. 
years. <laughs> no, it's like, like if I don't want to watch that. Well, it, it, the thing is, though, like, I mean, I don't it need to know. I don't need to learn about that aspect. I kind of well, exactly. It, so and like, and I, I watched I watched the whole thing and none of it was surprising to me. And, it, and in fact, it confirmed every horrible instinct or feeling that I had about this whole thing. Like and I mm-hmm. stayed away from it, as you know, and you and I talked about it on the podcast. Like neither of us. We were like, hey, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing. Let's move on. You know, yeah, like we yeah. didn't talk about it. That's something that you and I would talk about, you know, like something along those pop culture. And you and I talk about that kind of stuff a lot. But we both chose not to participate in it, and I think wisely so. So I watched this documentary so that you don't have to, Esmeralda, and me and Dan are going to talk go. about <laughs> me and Dan are going to talk about it on Tuesday. But it's depressing. It's just depressing. Yeah. So, and I don't know who this Jagoff is with the de- with the Deadpool. Uh, he's got a name. He's go- he goes by some sort of. I mean. Name. <laughs> he's just a Jagoff wearing think. a Deadpool, you know. Uh, and and evidently, I don't like anybody who wears Deadpool because I don't like Deadpool, and I, don't, I guess I don't like. Ryan, I don't. Maybe it was Ryan Reynolds. I don't like him, so maybe it wasn't Ryan Reynolds. But I'm just saying. So I don't know. But this guy followed the trial, and he was like totally on Johnny Depp's side, but he wore a Deadpool costume. So I don't. Interesting. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Anyway, it's on Netflix. It just debuted. Um, I mean, if you're fascinated by how fucked up the social media world is and how depressing this this trial was, go ahead and watch it. Uh, it was an unpleasant experience. It was an unpleasant, you know, like two and a half hours of my life. So <laughs> I would not recommend it. Oh, I have a question for you, Esmeralda. Yes. All right. Um, do you say supermarket or grocery store? Uh, mm. <laughs> well, I say supermarket. You do, okay. I think. I was I just think. thinking about Wait, this grocery oh. store. Maybe I say grocery. See, now I, say I don't gro- know. I say, I say grocery store without without hesitation. I say grocery store. If no, I'm not I saying Jewel, if I don't say Jewel, you know what I mean? Like, because I just you know I always go to Jewel. So for me, it's always Jewel or the Jewels. But if I'm referring to the generic term, for mm-hmm. me, it's not a supermarket. It's a grocery store. Yeah. You know what's funny is in Spanish, I say supermarket. Or, well, I just say the, um, like, I'll be just talking to my mom or whatever. And I just say super, the super. Okay. And you know what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so- I don't. I don't say. But in, I, you but know what in, I say? In, in, I say the store. <laughs> you just say the store. The generic, the store. I say, are you going to the store? Yeah. Because that implies the mar- the supermarket or the grocery store. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. That never but means I, anything I've, other than I've that. never referred to it as supermarket, ever. It's it's either the store or the grocery store or specifically mm-hmm. Jewel or Jewel. Yes. Know? Yeah. Um, but I never say supermarket. And I, I don't know why I was thinking of this because I was watching a commercial and they kept saying supermarket. And I was thinking to myself, man, I, I was just thinking to myself in my brain. I'm thinking, I never say that. I never say supermarket. Do you know yeah, anybody well, who says supermarket? Is, I don't think so. So what do Were you, you say? Going in, to the supermarket? <laughs> yeah, I never say supermarket. So what in Spanish, tell me, but you say super to your mom when you're speaking Spanish? Yeah. So supermarket is supermercado. Yeah. Um, and I just say el super. <laughs> right. That makes sense. But su- but su- but supermercado is, I lived in Albany Park, and those are the names of places. Yeah. So I, that would be the only time, when I was living in Albany Park, that would be the only time that I would say it. 
because I would I was I would be walking over to the supermercado. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah yeah what I said because that was the name of the places in you know mm-hmm. so but like when if I'm just going to the grocery store I'm going to the grocery store. Now do you say do you do you like uh, do you refer to Walgreens as a drugstore? No. Have do you ever used drugstore? No. Okay. I don't even. I think I call it by its name. Whatever, like CVS or Walgreens or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 Are you going to the Walgreens? Are you going to the... Yeah. I say when I was a kid, it was always drugstore. Because we had Rexalls on the corner. Mm -hmm. And it was Mm -hmm. like, let's go to the drugstore. It would be the drugstore or the grocery store. Never supermarket. What's funny is like when you go to other countries, they have, for the most part, very specific... They have pharmacies. Right. And... So like when I like just being overseas or something, you you try to think like, where do they have like a Walgreens type situation here? And if right. so, where is that? So you say <laughs> because pharmacy? So I don't then? even. Yeah. Well, over there, because yeah, they are truly pharmacies. They're right. usually kind of small for right. the most part. I mean, I'm sure they have big old because um, I know in England they have one. I think called. Uh, boots or something like that yeah and that's like a walgreens for them right it's the but a lot of places they have the the little tiny pharmacies right it's just a little now store in spanish how would you refer like if you had to go to the drugstore if you had to go to well you would just say walgreens but but is there like a (laughs) but but is there like a pharmacy like is there a term for pharmacy like generic term for pharmacy in spanish yeah so pharmacy is farmacia okay so is that, um, do you say that, like, if, you, if your mom has to go pick up a prescription, does she say that, or does she say Walgreens? No, we say the Walgreens. The or, Walgreens. Well, because she, she picks up her stuff at the Sam's Club. So she's oh, the Sam's Club. The, okay, so she says Sam's, Sam's Club. Club. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. But I, I like these, it's interesting to me how people refer to certain things. I've always found that, you know, I've always found, like, regional terms to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. the big one here is we say pop. And, you know, uh, in, in at least in the Midwest, in Chicago, for sure, we say pop instead of soda. Yeah. Or at least I do. What do you say? Do you say pop or soda? Um, I say soda. Okay. I say pop. Um, and I say it, soda, but I think it's because, again, in Spanish, it's I gotcha. soda. I gotcha. No, that makes sense. <laughs> so I think I've no, just, seriously. I've just no, you listen, know, brought it if, over. If you speak Spanish, you know, more than half the time in your life, then you're clearly going to say those terms. You know, you're going you're gonna to use those words. That makes sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Uh, I can barely speak English, Esmeralda, as you know, so it's difficult <laughs> for me. But, um, but yeah, so pop is the thing. And then, like, I, my favorite is, like, you know, it's pop here. It's soda in most parts of the country. Mm-hmm. But in the South, in the South, it's Coke. Coke. <laughs> and then they <laughs> ask you. Anything it is, it's Coke. It's like, exactly. Well, okay. So if they ask you, uh, I'll, and they go, uh, I'll have a Coke. And they go, what kind of Coke? You go 7-Up. Yeah. That's the kind of Coke you want. <laughs> the kind of Coke I want is a Sprite. What kind of Coke do you want? Mountain Dew. You know what I mean? That's exact. That's what yeah. it is because everything is a Coke in the South. That's so crazy. Isn't that weird? But it's normal to the it's normal to the people in the South. Like it's a Coke. Yeah. It's just a Coke. You know. So anyway, but yeah, supermarket I guess is popular in most I, most of America because you know like it's not called grocery store sweep. You know the. True. Called, Very called, true. It's called supermarket. You know. I think too because people, for the most part, have supermarkets. You know, they don't have the tiny, uh, yeah. uh, like small little store. It's usually sure. like a big giant. 
Yeah, you're right. That's that's right. You're right. That's probably what it comes from because the supermarket's the big place. The grocery store is like, you know, you and I grew up in a place where you could go down to the corner store, the grocery store. Mm -hmm. There was a little convenience. Convenience stores were like, we used to call the one on the corner uh, on Addison and Walcott, the one that I used to go to all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was called the little store. Go down, my mom would say, go down to the little store and get me a pack of cools. You know, like that's what my Then I would go down with the note. You know how you would have the permission note in the seventies. You could bring a note from your from an adult, and they would sell cigarettes to nine year olds. They would. And they're like cool here, and they were cool one hundreds. My mom smoked cool menthol one hundreds. That's what I would go down. And but yeah, back in those days, you could be six years old and walk in with a note from your parents, and they will sell cigarettes to you <laughs> at the little store. It's fine. I yeah. approve. It's fine. I gave you a note. You know, <laughs> here's, a, here's a handwritten note from some mom in the 70s. Like, my son, is, it's fine. Sell him cool 100s. <laughs> They're not for him. Yeah. They are for I, me. I assure you, I will be smoking them, not my child. So, but yeah, supermarket, Goodness. I never say it, but I always say grocery store. And uh, I always say pop. Um. Mm. Yeah. What about, what about, uh, do you ever, do you ever call pizza a pie? No. Me neither. That's a New York <laughs> thing. I think that's an East Coast oh, thing. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, pizza pie. Pizza pie. No. No. Um, I think, no. Maybe in like, in jest. Yeah, as a joke. Right. <laughs> but exactly. Never, but never, like, I'll probably, and if I do, it's like pizza pie. <laughs> right. It's, it's some sort of like, you're mocking the Italian. You're mocking the Italians. Hey, I'm going to have a pizza yeah. pie. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm mocking the Italians. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm used to that, Esmeralda. You know, I'm, I've heard that my whole life. Oh, my but, God. But no, I'm going to have a little pizza pie. I'm a Mario. You know, so that. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, yes. and I think it's, it's called pie, you know, all everywhere because it's, it, you know, it's cut into, you know, into your triangle slices. Right. But, but here in Chicago, mm. or, you know, it's cut, it's as God intended in squares. It's thin crust cut in squares as God intended, as far yes. as I'm concerned. So we don't call it a pie. You don't cut pie into squares. Yeah, that'd be crazy. No, it's ridiculous. Do you imagine uh, trying to eat a square? Well, no, you do cut. Oh, no, that's not a pie. That's a cake. Yeah, cake, not a pie. <laughs> yeah, not a pie. Because you need, you need, you need, because the pie is filled. So you've got to have, you got to have, uh, you know, you, you got to have structure. You can't cut the mm-hmm. middle of the pie. It's going to fall apart. But right. as long as you got something that leads to that end with the crust that holds it all together. So, but the other sure. thing is, I, you know what, I, you know what, <laughs> you know what, somebody who lived in shit, I can't remember where he was from. Damn it. He was, he was a, he, was an actor at the factory and he moved to Chicago to, 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 to be in theater. Mm-hmm. And he was with us at the factory. God damn it. I'm trying to remember where he was from, but he referred to pizza. Get this. One of his terms, mm-hmm. we were at, we were at somebody's house one time and people were, a bunch of people were blowing weed and we were drinking and stuff. And everybody of course got hungry cause they, we were blowing like loads of weed. Mm-hmm. And somebody's like, Hey man, let's order a pizza. Okay. Cause you know, you're high, you order pizza. That's what happens. Right. Yeah. So this guy said, hey, we should order. This guy said, I'm not making this up, Esmeralda. I don't know if you've ever heard this term before, but are you ready? Okay. He said, let's order a wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what everybody said, too? That's the proper proper response is what the fuck. Yeah, because it's shaped like a wheel. He's like, let's order a wheel. I mean, yes. 
What the? F- <laughs> what are you talking about? What's a wheel? A, a pizza. Sure, pizza it wheel. Is, but a pe- and I'm know. like a wheel. And I, I wish I could remember where this guy was from. Maybe somebody who's listening. If you want to leave that on the voicemail at seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight or Nick D Podcast. Do you call pizza a wheel? If you let us what, know, let us know. But but if and, and apparently it's a thing. I can't remember where this guy is from, but evidently. There is a region within America where they refer to a pizza as a wheel. Let's order a wheel. I've never, I never heard that before. And this guy's like, yeah, it's common. I can't, I wish I remembered where he was from, but I was. It's common. No, it's not. You <laughs> no, weirdo. it's not. You're a weirdo. A wheel. Let's order a wheel. Get out of here, wheel. So that could be a donut for all I know. You know what I mean? Let's order a wheel. That's a donut. All right. It's shaped like a wheel. I mean, could be I don't anything. No, right? it could be anything. There are many things that are round, Ex- like wheels. Yeah, exactly, but he's like, it's a pizza. Like we should know. Yeah, it's a pizza. Like wh- what? <laughs> what are you talking about? But by the way, Esmeralda, your response which was, "What the fuck?" That's exactly right. That's the yeah. proper. I've been like, huh? What the hell? I know. <laughs> so you've never heard heard it referred to as a wheel? Okay, all right. No. Yeah. And I'm I'm trying to like look it up right now and nothing's really maybe this guy just completely made it up and was like fucking with maybe us, you know i mean he was high he was high and he was an actor so there you go oh That's yeah oh. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> fucking actors <laughs> oh man all right well i don't know yeah because the only thing that comes up is about the pizza wheel which is what are they? Well, the you know the cutter. Oh, oh, the cut. Okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. but not that it that they call it. A- not that they call that an actual pizza pie a wheel. Right. Yeah, I that's got it. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about this, maybe because we were high, he just made that up. Maybe. Yeah, let's we'll order a we'll wheel. find out. Somebody call in and tell yeah. us we're we're I, morons in in a region of upper. <laughs> We, and oh god what's the thing from the simpsons yeah uh the ham steamed ham steamed ham steamed hams yes the aurora borealis like, oh, no. yeah You're, <laughs> i'm from the upper <laughs> yeah that's right i can't remember that's right uh, steamed hams that's right well i'm uh, from i'm from utica and i've right. never heard <laughs> that's also steamed hams it's also the one with the uh where this is the only car that i could afford yeah with the, t- with the, the, t- the seven stories 22 of, stories 22 stories there you of, go. Uh, of springfield yeah, yeah this is one of, one one of the best my, my one of the best favorites. episodes ever one of the most one of the greatest episodes of all time is that yeah Mm-hmm. Let's all laugh at the boy. What is he? He's, he makes Nelson walk down the street with his pants down. <laughs> yes. Let's Which all point at the boy. <laughs> nowadays would be. Would, would be. You can't do that. Yeah. That'd be abuse. <laughs> right. It would, be, it would totally be abuse. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Well, no wheel. We don't know about a wheel. Yeah, I don't know about this. Okay. I mean, I my my googling skills might not be up to par. Yeah. Um, okay. By the way, how many planes but, are flying yeah. overhead right now, Esmeralda? What, how many planes are flying overhead right now? Um, <laughs> they are. Check. Oh my God! It's like a line. There, it's like a line. There is true. There's like a line to get in to O'Hare at the moment. Like that's well, it, how it looks. It's it, crazy to see. It, it's They're just pl- one it's after the other. Like plane, plane tracker, plane tracker again. Dot net is that plane what finder. Finder. Okay, plane finder. So what is this? Miami, an American Airlines flight from Miami just uh, flew okay. by. Okay. 
Um, coming up next is one from Appleton. I didn't know you people could fly in from Appleton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a very nice airport in Appleton. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Apparently. I don't know. <laughs> and then Fort Lauderdale is coming up. Yeah, man, partying. They're uh, over the, uh, yeah, so here comes the right. Appleton one. So the Appleton is minutes. heading into, all right. We'll so plane, by, by the way, Esmeralda, you realize now that there will be plane checks every time we talk now, from now on. Yeah. Okay. I always have it up just okay. because sometimes. Just, I'm so glad you told me that. Now there's a little, a new element. We'll be, Esmeralda's yeah. now the, now, Esmeralda, you are now the plane <laughs> tracker. That's what I, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to get uh, Skaggs to do you a theme, Esmeralda, the plane tracker. There you go. You know what's you know what's really unsettling when um I looked at it once when it was really coming down when it was really storming yeah um nothing because yeah. they had you know um stopped all the planes but it was right. crazy to see it just blank isn't that weird and like shouldn't they be flying yeah <laughs> especially because there's so many you know so many now well it clearly because the because as as we were beginning recording this Esmeralda, it was pitch black outside. Now it's lighter, so that's why the traffic has has, has picked up. Yeah, there is three, four, five. There is five planes heading uh, in essentially from it's crossing Norwich at the moment. Uh oh. And they're like halfway in the lake. Like there's oh, five yeah. of them. Okay. And they're All just right, and, and they need separately. to watch out they need to watch out for the uh Aaron Water Show jagoffs who are gonna be flying around. <laughs> yeah, I would have I would have liked to have seen like if you could see who knows, maybe I will yeah. later. Well keep an eye on that because this weekend it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy this weekend. <laughs> and we'll get another check on on, uh, on Tuesday of what's going yes. on in, in in the sky. As we're the sky captain. That's what you are. Yes. All right. Uh, I say. All right. Thank you, thank you, Esmeralda, for the traffic update for the air. Uh, but yeah. hey, listen, you did trip. Now oh, you're doing, no. No, no, you're going to do, do air traffic now, Esmeralda. You did road traffic mm. before. And it's only the traffic above my house. That's it. It's the only traffic. It's very specific. That's fantastic. All right. Well, listen. Uh, thank you, Esmeralda, Eric Childress, and Steve Procopi. Thank you for the movie reviews. Uh, next time, Dan Feinberg will join us. In addition to talking about the Depp versus uh, Heard documentary, there's plenty more uh, more pleasant television to talk about. Trust me. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. you want to leave a, uh, a voicemail, 773-417-6948. Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, you want to be a sponsor? Buy some ads. We'd love to have you. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Rate and review us on every platform. Take the time to like us. Spread the word. Uh, Jason Skaggs does all the music and the sound, and Ed does all the uh, uh, other stuff at RadioMisfits.com. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time on uh, the Nick D Podcast. So thanks. The wind is right on